Hi, my name is Sachin Lati from Sachin Motion. I'm here to inspire you to go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with profits. Let's go. Welcome to the Go Big to Give Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host Steve Arneson and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. Welcome back to the Go Big to Give Big podcast. And today we have the incredible guest, someone who is using Go Big to Give Big in a different light than we normally talk about, my man, Satch Laddie. Satch is a law enforcement officer that is finding his Go Big to Give Big space inside endurance racing. Sash has completed a 100-kilometer run, raising over $20,000 for charity. He's done multiple multi-day runs. He's doing 20 marathons in 20 days, raising money for forest fighters here in BC. And his ultimate goal is to run across Canada in 2025, leaving a lasting legacy for people to want to make change. This episode is all about how to be gritty how your passion can drive you to do anything, and how to overcome mental health obstacles, and it will leave you inspired to go challenge yourself and to do something you have never done before. I'm excited to see where this guy is in a few years from now and to be on the cutting edge of his journey. So let's dive into this fun episode with Sash Laddie. Before we jump into our show, I wanted to share about our Go Big to Get Big Masterclass happening on April 22nd. We are bringing in some of our incredible friends to come teach and train on how you can create more revenue and go bigger with your business so that you can give bigger and make a lasting impact in this world. We will show you everything from marketing, branding, new ways to make revenue, how to find purpose, and we'll even go as far as how to implement a giving model into your company. You can find all the details in the show notes or on our Instagram page at GoBigToGiveBig. We look forward to seeing you there, and now you can get back to your episode. All right, I'm excited to welcome today's guest, Satch, to the show. Satch, thanks for coming and hanging out, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the invite. This is going to be a fun episode. Um, you know, typically we interview uh, entrepreneurs that have scaled and thought super big in their businesses, but you're doing something a little bit different and you're thinking big in your athletic abilities and you're doing some incredible things, which we're going to dive into later in the show. Um, but I wanted to preface this of how you got introduced to me. Um, I met this really incredible guy named Marcus and uh, met him from an introduction from somebody from San Diego. And then he was like, hey, you should meet Marcus. I met Marcus. And then Marcus was like, uh, in conversation, I told him about some of the running I was doing. He's like, you have to meet this guy. He's absolutely crazy. He loves to run. He's going to run across Canada. He's doing all these amazing things. You guys would get along great. His name's Satch. And I was like, no way. I've been following that guy on Instagram for months through some of the other runs that he's done. And uh, it was just amazing to hear some of the incredible things that the people that I in my network have said about you without ever meeting you. And now we get to here on the podcast to talk about some of the incredible things that you've been doing. So really excited to, to dive deep into that today. Awesome, man. Let's get it started. Let's do it. 
So walk us through a little bit of your journey. I know um, you worked a little bit in law enforcement and uh, had a career there and then um, have left that now and are going full-time into just endurance training, endurance running, and raising a lot of money and awareness for stuff. So walk us through a little bit of your life story and journey of how you went from in the law enforcement to now becoming an endurance athlete. Yeah. So just a, a quick clarification. I'm just, I'm still working in law enforcement. I'm just transitioning out at the moment. So it's, you know, kind of the process of kind of retiring. Um, but yeah, so I think it all really started about three-ish years ago, uh, around the time the pandemic kicked off. But right before the pandemic, I was going through a divorce. And um, that was kind of happening for me. Uh, well, it wasn't happening for me. I, I made it happen. <laughs> because I, I wasn't the person that I am now. And um, so what had happened was it caused a lot, lot of um, pain and, and struggle for my ex-wife and pretty much my family around me based upon some actions that I, that I was constantly, um, you know, displaying. And, um, so when I was going through the divorce and the pandemic kicked off, it gave me a real opportunity to kind of unplug and, um, evaluate or take inventory of who I was and what I was doing in my life. And for me, I didn't like who I was at the time. And I knew I wasn't internally that type of person. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here? Why am I acting this way? Why are these behaviors manifesting in a certain type of, type of manner? So that kind of precipitated um, a self-exploration, so to speak. And now for me, I'm an athlete. I've been doing bodybuilding and jiu-jitsu for a number of years. Well, jiu-jitsu for about six years, bodybuilding for 15, 20. And so I was always managing my mental health through physical activity. Now, I didn't, I didn't really know at the time that's what I was doing. I, you know, I'm going to the gym, working out, just that and other, whatever, right? But once the pandemic kicked, it, it became clear that um, I was using physical activity as something to mitigate my mental health issues. And um, now with the pandemic, I couldn't go to jiu-jitsu because, you know, you're in close proximity. You can't really train that way. So um, for me, that really um, affected me because for your listeners, with, with depression and things like that, connections are huge peaks. And um, jujitsu was that for me, connecting with people, my friends, rolling, all, all that kind of stuff. And that was taken away. So now I, I, you know, I was dealing with some personal issues, family-wise. I was dealing with some work issues, and then now, like pretty much every sort of um, safety area was gone for me. And so I was really struggling bad. And so I didn't know what to do. To be honest, I was pretty lost and um pretty isolated pretty alone um so i bought a book <laughs> i bought uh and i wasn't a reader man i wasn't a huge reader and um but i started you know i was like okay let me pick up a book i picked up jocko willing's extreme ownership mm, great and book. awesome book and um, i read it cover to cover and then i started taking some ownership in my life and it was super hard because there was a lot of things that it that I needed to own. And so I started the process of that. And that kind of gave me a little bit of breathing room in terms of like, okay, I was still kind of messed up. I wasn't like really good, but I started kind of owning things. And then um, I was still struggling because I wasn't really doing much actively. I was still lifting weights when I was at work. We'd had a small little gym, but then they stopped that because of the pandemic. So now we really didn't have gym access. So I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm really messed up now. And then I bought um, uh, Goggins' book, uh, David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. 
Oh yeah. And I yeah. Now I didn't read the first the whole book. I've read and to this day I've only read two chapters. Wow. And the first two chapters resonated with me. Um, in terms of like some of the things he experienced as a child and all these types of stuff. So from there, I in, the underlying theme I got out of that book was uh, do hard things or chase adversity, right? But um, I interpreted that as physical adversity at the time. I see it entirely different now, but mm-hmm. at the time I looked at it as physical adversity. Now I was like, okay, what's physical adversity for me, man? Like I hate running. I haven't ran since high school. Like I was, the last time I ran was really when I was 18. I'm 45 now. And um, I hadn't, uh, hadn't ran. So I was like, okay, you know what? I hate running. I was the worst runner on my wrestling team in high school. Let's see what happens. Right. And when I used to do bodybuilding, I never did cardio. I was like <laughs> one of those guys that I, I don't want to, you know, mess my gains up, you know? Um, but I started it and I, I, I didn't. Um, so this is what I kind of did. I didn't give myself a reason not to start. So I had like some shoes, you know, I had a pair of shoes that were probably like 10 years old. And I didn't have the clothes. I didn't have the kit. I didn't, you know, I was like, okay, let me just go. So I started, I scheduled myself uh, three, five Ks a week to do. And I would do that. Nothing amazing, you know, just 35, 40 minutes, like just doing it. And then I just kind of consistently did it with the, with the consistency, consistency of effort over two months. I was like, okay, you know what? Let me see if I can push myself. So now for me, um, maybe it's, it's similar to some of the entrepreneurs you've spoken to. I'm always pushing the envelope. I'm yeah. always pushing it, uh, wherever I can physically, at least, at least always it's been physical that I've always pushed the envelope. So now I was like, okay, well, let's see if I can run 21, 21 K. And that was about two months when I started running and that like reality is I probably shouldn't have tried 21 K <laughs> at the time. My body wasn't even prepared for it. Um, but I was really dealing with some major mental health problems, man. Like, um, at the time I was living in the basement suite of the house, uh, I bought with, uh, we bought with my ex-wife and I was paying rent. And so just mentally, it wasn't, I was just in a bad spot. My daughter's upstairs. Like, you know, I can, you can hear things and whatever. Right. So I had a bad day. Um, the day I ran that 21, it was, you know, I wasn't feeling very good. I, and mind you, I was working full time. I'm a canine handler. So I was running the dog. Uh, at the time, my daughter was probably about three and a half, four. So, you know, all these things are happening. And, um, so I was at work, um, after work, I lifted and then I was, I got home and it was raining. It wasn't that nice. So I was like, you know, whatever. I felt like garbage. I'm going out for the barn. And it took me about three hours, right? Like wow. it just kind of, just kind of grinding it out. And, and I was running around my neighborhood for three hours. <laughs> like I went on trail. I was just like running around, right? And it was just, and it got to a point where I was like, man, I was struggling. My foot starts, feet started swelling up. Like I was, my shoes were garbage shoes to wear for, for what I was doing it for. And, um, it was raining, it was cold. And then at around two and a half hours, whatever it was, that I started talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. I'll just kind of like, hot one. Yeah. And then, uh, but then when it was finished, man, I'll tell you what. Um, so I've always had, it may not seem that way, but I've always had issues with self-confidence and self-worth and, and, and things like that. And when I did that, even considering I competed in bodybuilding, I did well. I competed in jiu-jitsu, I did well. But I've always had that sort of imposter syndrome, I'm a loser kind of mentality. And um, after I'd run that 21K, I was freaking stoked. Like, uh, I was, yeah. it like leveled me up somehow. I don't know how, like internally. But it was um, something I did. No one told me to do it. 
I got up myself and did it and I pushed myself. Like, it was no external factor. It was just me going. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, well, okay, cool. And then from there, I just kind of started pushing and pushing. So I, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna interject to you now and pause because I want to unpack that a bit, dude. There's a lot okay. to unpack there. That is, that is amazing. Like the ability that you had to find the worst day and pick that day to go out and just push yourself. There is something so satisfying about that. Steve's sitting here smiling because he's like, dude, that's like, that's it. Sometimes it's like the worst days and the worst moments where you find running has that mental clarity. And gives you that thing so when you're on that run what what was going through your head was it like a meditation was it just like a was it like a finding the grid of like i'm gonna push myself and no matter how sore i get no how broken i am i'm gonna keep going like what was your what was your mindset as you were inside the run for three hours um so i felt like uh my internal dialogue's never really been that good right and so for me i've I was trying to find ways to harness that in a certain way so that it can continue pushing me. So it got to a point where I used a lot of the toxic energy and negativity. And it, look, at the time I was very toxic. Like I wasn't, like I wasn't a pleasant person to be around. And at the time I was very angry for whatever the reasons were. So I was using that energy to drive me. So like F you, I'm going to go. Or I'm going to prove it. Or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like all these things kind of go through my head. I'm not a loser. Like that kind of mentality. Um, in the pain or like when I was really kind of struggling. The beginning hour, okay, you're kind of getting it, whatever. But then when the really struggle starts coming, you're like, oh man, I feel I, I want to stop. I'm going to quit. And then that negative sort of talk in my head was like, don't be a bitch. Don't be a pussy. Like just go, right? Everyone's going to think you're a loser. Like all this kind of stuff. And um, so that got me through it that day. Now, I don't think that's a sustainable way of doing things. Um, and I don't actually, it isn't a sustainable way of doing things because it draws too much energy. At least for me, it does. So, um, but that's how I got through that one. And, and so I'm, I'm, for me, I'm kind of like, a, like, a am a massive introvert, like really big introvert. So I don't really go out much. I stay to myself. I'm kind of awkward a little bit and, uh, you know, I'm fidget a lot and, and things like that. So, so I listen to a lot of podcasts and I stay at home and I read or, or watch whatever, right? Things that inspire me. So I was watching um, while I was doing this running training, you know, I was trying to find other sources of uh, motivation and inspiration to get me to continue pushing. And um, so obviously, you know, listen to podcasts, came across Cam Haynes and Cameron Haynes, the ultra endurance athlete, bull hunter. And um, so he does 100 milers, 200 milers. And his story is incredible. Know, yeah, and I didn't even know that was a thing. Hey, eh? like I didn't like I didn't know ultra endurance was a thing. Like it, I just didn't know. So I thought I was a badass until I started like really researching. <laughs> until I started really researching that, hey man, you, you really not like you think you are, but there's other people out there that are doing way more epic things than you are. And uh so I wanted to kind of be like that, right? That that, that at the um, fundamental level i want to be that kind of person so i was like okay how do i do that and because i know cam Haynes when he's training for uh, like a 200 mile or he's training he's running a marathon a day and he's uh he's in his 50s so i was like man i want to do that but at the time i was very toxic and i was like f him i want to do that it was more of an anger thing and so what i did was um 
Like I didn't think I could run a marathon a day at that time. That would have been straight up nuts. But <laughs> I was I wanted to set a goal that was somewhat achievable, but like still pretty like high. So I wanted to be able to run a marathon a day. Run, sorry, uh, half marathon a day for a week. Mm. So every day I run twenty one. So I was like, okay, how do I do that? <laughs> so I just set up a plan for myself. I started off at eleven k a day and progressively in ten weeks build it up to twenty one. Mind you, still working full time, taking care of the dog and run, like all the things, right? And so eventually, um, in 10 weeks, I did it. I got to 21 K every single day and, uh, you know, it was a grind. It wasn't pretty, but I did it. And again, it leveled me up internally, mentally and, and figuring out, okay, well, yeah, I can do that. And as soon as I ran that 21 K, as soon as I ran the 21 K in the week, I was like, yeah, I can run across Canada. Easy. Simple. Because you run 21 in the morning, the 21 in the afternoon, right? And then you, then you get 42. I was thinking Terry Fox, right? So I'm thinking Terry Fox, Terry Fox can run 42K a day on one leg. I'm a pretty good athlete, right? And so that's kind of what I was thinking. And and so then I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll run across Canada. So it wasn't like a, like a, a long thought process. It wasn't like, oh, how do I do the thing? I was just like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then I set the goal and then essentially reverse engineer it from there. And that's kind of been what I've been doing for two years, reverse engineering how to break the record to run across Canada. And that, that's kind of what we're doing. So really the training piece is the easy piece. Like it's like, now I understand training to be like, I thrive in it. I'll thrive in training. You can throw me out there for 10 hours. I'll probably feel like garbage, but I'll get after it. Right. And, um, so for me, that's not a, not a thing. The harder part is doing this, connecting with people, speaking about what we're trying to do, the outreach, connecting, um, see how far we can expand this. From because uh, look, I'm a government employee for almost 20 years, right? So it, it hasn't been the mindset to think of scaling something. So you you, you were talking about um, you speak to a lot of entrepreneurs. Essentially, that's what I'm doing. I'm someone who's creating something from zero and trying to build it in 10 years. And the goal is what we're trying to build is not just me running across Canada, but something that can continuously give back to the community forever. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What Terry Fox did for cancer, I'd love to be able to figure out how to do that for mental health. He died 40 years ago. I know what, how much has he raised since he's been dead? A billion dollars for cancer. And he's not even alive. So if we can figure out a way to do that for mental health in Canada, we're so fortunate because we have someone like Terry Fox to follow, right? So fortunate because now it's a thing. So in Canada, it's a thing. So if someone just follows those footsteps, you can create something. Maybe not exactly the same, but at least in the same vein so that you can help as many people as possible, raise a ton of money, and then inspire and motivate it. And, and that becomes a force, force multiplying effect where everyone starts kind of feeling away, a right? So that's kind of uh, my story. <laughs> it's an epic story, man. And I, it's, it's so impressive to go from not running for 25 years to being like, yeah, I'm going to break the, you know, the Canadian record or the world record for running across Canada. And uh, just that alone is like the definition of going big. Yeah, um, I want to clarify. I don't know if I can do it, but that's the goal. That's the goal, right? My butt off as yeah. an Ironman, right? So absolutely. Um, I'm training for an Ironman right now, and early stages. I have no idea if I can do it. Certainly not in the way that um, you know I, I, I envision it happening, anyways. But I wanted to go back. So, like, I can relate so much to your story and how running impacts your mental health. I've gone through lots of different mental health issues. And uh, I've 
uh, running has always been like my form of release. It's been my meditation. It's like if I can drill down all of my basics or all my life into one fundamental thing that keeps me grounded and the human I am today, it is running, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. And, you know, I, I love the the happy run. I love the sad run. I especially love the angry run. And you mentioned a little bit of that release, um, you know, in, in how you pushed yourself to that first 21K. I wanted to ask it just really briefly even, is there ever a time where you go for a run and you feel more angry when you finish than when you started? Never. I never, I know. Isn't that like the best freaking thing you want to talk about mental health? Yeah. And like, there's never been a time between two of us, Randy, you? Nope. No, three out of three here. There's never been a single time in my entire life where I've been more angry on the backside of a run than on the front side of the run. And yes, the, the only piece it takes is like, putting on one shoe. If you got one shoe on, you know, you're going to put the second one on and then you know, you're going to go out there and walk out the door, no matter what the weather is doing. I just want to add a, if you don't mind, I'd like to add a bit to that. Um, now you can multiply that, the, the happiness that you feel or, um, that anger diminishing even further when you're doing it on the trails, mm -hmm. when we do it outside, it makes a huge difference. Like the treadmill is one thing, right? Yeah. But when you're on the trails, man, it's like, physiologically proven where you're taking in that energy yeah and for me man like i'm always going i'm like my brain is going a mile a minute so for me it turns down that white noise mm -hmm. and, and, and it helps provide me with some clarity speaking of clarity i think um that was kind of a beautiful transition to what i want to ask you like uh, you know going through the challenges of the training going through the challenges of like learning a brand new sport for yourself um and and the big hairy audacious goal that you have there's got to be times there where you're like doubting yourself on you know you know my hamstrings sore so sore today personally right now today like and it's discouraging at times how have you built in that like that callus to keep so clear on your goal that you just wake up and you're like yep effort you know i'm gonna do it let's go Okay, so if I have an injury, obviously I manage it properly, right? And I'm not trying to like injure myself further. But having said that, it's my purpose, right? So I think for a lot of people, at least from my personal experience over the last little while, um, defining a purpose or a why or whatever you want to call it is the fundamental critical thing before you do anything, before you start off on anything. So for me, what I tried to do is um, a few years ago, I wanted to... Nah, it was actually probably like a year and a half ago where I really defined my why. Um, yeah, a year ago when I defined it, 12 months. And so why is that important? Well, I mean, if you don't know why you're doing something, what gets you up to do it? <laughs> so for me, like I had to find out what my why is. So my purpose, I've created a mission statement for my life, right? So it's like, I want to be the best version of myself. So what does that mean? Right. I want to maximize my skill sets for everyone around me. So if I'm able to maximize my skill sets, that'll impact others around me. And, and that's fundamentally what my, my purpose is. So running across Canada is just one part of that. I'll be doing things for the rest of my life in this vein. So like running across Canada, or if I want to do another challenge after it's all me maximizing my skill sets, becoming the best version of myself, trying to be as amazing as I can be and, and doing that. And that 
takes time. It takes 10 years to develop an Olympic athlete, 10 to 15. And there's no reason why any one of us can't do that. It's just doing consistency of effort for 10 years. I can do that. I mean, I've only been training for two, like solidly. You give me another eight, I'll crush it. I'll crush it because I know I can stick to something every single day. Now, why can I stick to everything, uh, stick to things every single day? It's my why. Because my purpose is greater than myself. It's not about me. It's about me just being a tool, a vessel to be able to use my skills to help the collective and in turn help me. So services, services is part of who I am. And really over the last couple of years, service has saved my life straight up. Had I not done this, I wouldn't be here straight, like honestly. And what really helped me define my, my why or my purpose was one individual. And when I was really struggling a lot, like I was going through a hot mess of a time. And in November, 2021, I ran from Chilliwack to YVR, 100K, and I raised uh, 21,000 for the BC Yukon Legion in, in the one day. And I did that in under 15 hours. And that was my first time ever doing it. I had a pulled hammy and I was doing it. But I mean, so after doing that, I, you know, you would think, oh, you'd feel good and everything. I, had, I did have a significant paradigm shift in perspective, but I was even more depressed November 8th, the day after. I was messed. And one of the reasons I had no one to connect with. I felt like I was an outlier for some reason. Like I just couldn't connect with anyone. I couldn't relate with anyone. And it was really messing me up. And I have friends of 18 years in law enforcement, all like, I just couldn't relate to any of them because I was doing a thing that they, they really, I felt they didn't understand, but that was, could have been just my perception of it, but I just felt they couldn't understand it. So then now I'm lost. I'm even more lost after running that hundred K. I'm like, okay, man, what do I do now? Because now I'm done 100K. I don't know. Like, I didn't know what my future was at that point. I didn't really have an idea what I was going to do next. And um, I connected with a veteran, um, a guy from Lawson, BC. He's he's about 60 years old now. Um, and he was he was in the military for a number of years. And he connected with me because he saw what I'd done. Raised a ton of money for for some people. And he had been tracking me a little bit on Instagram. So he kind of saw that I was like struggling a little bit. I was posting a lot about my struggles in terms of mental health. I, I had a different account at the time. And um, so he was tracking that. And and then um, afterwards, so I went to his Instagram after he was kind of looking at, you know, he, I saw he was looking at my stuff. So I was like, okay, who's this guy? So I look at it. His name's Sean Taylor. And uh, so he is a retired tier one operator. So a tier one operator is JTF2. You guys know what JTF2 is? Okay. So for your listeners, JTF2 is Canada's Special Forces, right? Equivalent to SEAL Team 6 or Green Berets or Delta Force, whatever, right? And he um, was a plank holder. So a plank holder is someone that was selected to go on the teams when it was first created. So he was on the team 30 years ago when it was made, right? So so he um, so he so he's all the things. Like, essentially, if I wanted to call Jocko on the phone, I'd call Sean. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. And, and so I was like, oh, cool, man. Like, let me, let me tap out this guy on the shoulder and see what's going on. So I met with him in December. Um, he was in town. He's like I said, he's in Rossland, BC. It's about 10 hours from here. And, um, he was in town. I connected with him. I was like, Hey, let's go for coffee. 30 minutes turned a three hour conversation. And, um, essentially I had never met anyone like that in my entire life. Like just like, so switched on. 
Um, anyway, so we were having this conversation and I felt like I connected with somebody. Like I, I just felt a connection and, and I, it was so overwhelming for me that it was like, I never felt that before. Right. And so, um, after our talk, I was like, Hey man, is it cool if we keep talking? And I said, like, yeah, cool. Uh, if, if you think it'll help. So for, he went back home to Rosslyn and for about two or three months, almost every single day for two to three hours, we zoomed. Wow. And, and he saved my life. Like he performance coached me out of where my brain was at that point. Yeah. And, um, so I got to know more about him and what I got to know was, yeah, okay. Yeah. He was a tier one operator, but that's just the beginning of how awesome he, he was or is. So he was a tier one operator, all that kind of stuff, sniper, blah, 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 whatever. And then, uh, after he retired, he became an entrepreneur and, you know, did that for a while. And then he'd be, he wanted to stay at home with his kids and his wife was a big hotshot electrical engineer and, um, you know, with big companies and whatnot. And, uh, he became a 24 hour solo mountain bike racer. Whoa. So he, so, um, for your listeners, I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is. You ride a mountain bike in the mountains for 24 hours and it's a race, right? So like trail running, but for 24 hours. Crazy. And, uh, so he did that. He started that. And then eventually he became a world champion. And then through that process, he became a coach and he's trained six world champions and he's had thousands of other athletes he's trained all over the world. So it was quite serendipitous that we connected. Right. And so, um, through that process, he kind of, we just chatted and, and anyways, we became friends. And so for me, he helped me refine my why he was like, bro, you, you're just like, you ever seen Forrest Gump? Yeah. It, you know, the scene with the feather kind of floating in the air that's beginning at the end and it can, by chance it lands somewhere. And then that's what it is. You don't want that life should not be chance, right? That's the purpose of your why because uh -huh. now. Do you think that, um, where I tell it to, do you think that people can decide what their purpose is? Yes. It takes time to figure that out though. And you have to understand who you are as a person and you have to under, like truly understand what drives you. Money doesn't drive me. I don't give a shit about money. I really don't. Don't get me wrong. Money is important, but it's not a motivating factor for me. It doesn't get me up in the morning. It just doesn't. I need something else to drive me. And, um, and so for me, I had to find that piece to drive me because that's why I was so lost. I'm doing these things. I'm like trying to earn money, get a BMW, do this, do that. I didn't care, but I'm driving it and I'm getting after it and I'm putting all this energy in an area that isn't fulfilling me. Like I'm empty. So for me, I had to take it, like take myself out of the rat race and really analyze and take inventory. What do I want? How do I want to live my life? And how do I want to live it for the next 50 years? And that's what I've started two years ago. Dude, I want to, I want to pause here for one sec. That is a hundred percent the reason why Steve and I created Go Big to Give Big. Like Steve and I were grinding in real estate, starting to have some success, having some money. We both woke up like, what for? Like, just so we can be financially free. We get that. But what, like, we can create that fairly easy in financial freedom, just going in as entrepreneurs, you can just create more products. But why, why are we creating more of this? And then eventually it was like, we just want to serve the world. If we have this ability to go make unlimited income as entrepreneurs, why don't we use that to go serve humanity 
And now I wake up every day driven to go serve humanity and I get to do it through entrepreneurship. And it's like, how lucky am I? Like, it's just a reframe or a reprogram where it's like, people want to do acts of service. It's one of like the the studies out there that humans generally want to help others more than they actually want to help themselves. And so if you can build your purpose and your why around serving others, the give big side of go big to give big, your go big can go so big, so fast because you're serving for you. You're like, Hey, I just love running. And now you're like, Hey, I'm going to run across Canada because I can have a raise more money and do more stuff. It's not actually about the run. It's actually about the impact that you can make by doing it. And you're going to do something bigger because you're willing to add some cause to it. So I just wanted to stop that because I was like, the way you define that, I was like, that is exactly why Steve and I started Go Big to Give Big. That's awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think, and I can be wrong, right? But I think um, most people haven't really identified that. 98% of people. And the reality is in service, you get returns. Like I'm not a religious person and some people are something, but you don't, you don't have to be religious to think this way. And, and I can, I can give you anecdotal evidence on how it is better to give based on my own experience. Yeah. I had zero money. I'm paycheck to paycheck kind of thing like it is, but I don't care. Yeah. Anytime I need, anytime I'm struggling and something needs to happen, money shows up. It just happens. So, so I realized that about a year ago, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick little story. Um, I talked to Marcus off, like whenever I get the opportunity, he's like maybe 15 minutes for me. And whenever I go to the headquarters at Magnum, I, you know, I'll knock on his door and be like, Hey, you got a few minutes, right? So I chat with him and I was just talking to him, like, um, just about my plans and my plans direction, this, that, and the other, and it was explained to him, oh yeah, it's been a struggle fighting against blah, 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 whatever. And. And he, uh, he goes to me, he goes, I'm being called to do something. I'm like what? So he turns over, goes to get a personal check and writes me a check for a thousand dollars. He just gives it to me. I go, bro, I'm not asking for money. I guess, no, I don't. They're here. And I was like, okay. And I actually needed that thousand dollars right then and there. I needed it, but I wasn't asking for it. I was just kind of sharing my experiences. And he was like, yeah, cool. So, and, but that's happened like a bunch of times in the last year, not from him, but other people. Yeah. So like I was trying to go to Regina last year to to engage at uh, Depot and some RCMP members and new recruits and whatnot and go for a run. I didn't have any money to go. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to book it. I'm going to figure it out. We'll see what happens. Right. And I, I train jujitsu every now and then um, when I can in, in White Rock called the, it's a place, uh, Gracie Baja White Rock. It's a local place and my friends own it and that. And I was chatting. I went there for for a role one night and uh, you know was talking to the owner uh and he was you know we're, we're pretty good friends and like hey man i've been i haven't seen you in a while this that and the other and i was like yeah let's go for dinner so after class we went out chatted for a bit just shared my story what my plans were for going to regina he's like yeah how much is that going to cost i don't know man like five eight hundred bucks he's like okay cool i got it i was like what he's like i'll take care of it i go no i'm not asking for money bro he goes no what you're doing so what I'm starting to realize now is like, um, people want to help and, 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 and encourage what I'm doing. And that's the way they can support. I do the running. They do it that way. Yeah. So like we, we all have a part to play in, in whichever, um, in whichever area we're playing in it. And so that's why I look at it like now, oh, it's not really me. I'm just a vessel. I'm a tool. Right. And, 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 and if, if we can do something over a period of time, 
to help a bunch of people. And that's awesome. Like I, I have so many ideas and plans that I'll, I have like five years to execute against all of them. And it'll probably happen. My main goal though, like not main, I can't even say main, I got like 50 different words, but there's this one goal that I'm really focused on in terms of the longevity and perpetuity of um, healthcare. So what we'll do is we've started a YouTube channel, right? Obviously it takes time to build those things, but I have a goal of in the next five to eight years, have a million subscribers on that. And, um, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm doing some pretty cool things. All I need to do is document it. I'm not, I don't even have to create anything. I just document what I'm doing and throw it up mm-hmm. on there. Just make it look pretty. And over time, hopefully that can inspire, motivate and encourage people to do more. And then with a million subscribers on YouTube, that generates about five or six hundred thousand dollars through Google Ad Space. Oh wait, what do we do with that money? Now we reinvest it into the community because I don't need five or six hundred thousand dollars. You know, I need enough to pay my bills. And you know, let's say let's say I have a hundred thousand I pay myself. The rest of it goes into the community and the channel to build it even further. And then when the community starts seeing that that's happening, more subscribers are going to come because they're going to say, "Oh, well, that's going to the charity." So it's like a, it's a it's a win win for everyone. So that's the goal over the next five, 10 years to build that now too. There's a bit of a, like a moral in the story kind of where, um, you know, the principle of the more you give, the more you get. And, you know, flipping the coin here just for a second, is there a time where you've been on the giving side that is just really near and dear to your heart that you can share a bit of a story with us? Yeah, man. I mean, so I've, I've had like 18 years of law enforcement work service and there's been countless times that um, things have happened there but I, I, it's almost like the last couple of years have been just so overwhelming that it's hard to articulate how i feel and um it's almost every single day like just this right here is giving for me and or so let's say for example i'll give you an example of uh like, yeah, I mean, giving checks and whatnot is amazing. So, okay, I went to Honor House. I, I support this local charity called Honor House. And the president, um, his name is Al DeGenova. And so I was talking to him. And this guy is like a pretty legit, awesome guy. He's created a charity called Honor House, which supports veterans and uniform uh, personnel with working in the emergency field. So like paramedics, firefighters, just, you know, CBSA, policing. And it supports them while they're dealing with any sort of PTSD or occupational stress injuries. And they can stay at this house free of charge and building a ranch in Ashcroft where people can go get service there with equine therapy and different types of cutting edge therapies. So this guy's created all this in the last 15 years. And I'm sitting there with him and I'm looking at him and all. I'm like, man, you're awesome. Like he's just talking about um, securing a deal, $50 million for uh, housing for you know veterans that can't afford housing 50 minutes like i'm like i'm just a guy running around so so i'm looking at this guy and he's telling me i'm awesome so i can i don't even know how to receive that like I mean, what are you talking about so i don't like for me i'm still in the process of my journey of kind of really recalibrating i'm, I'm new to the, all this so it's still hard for me to receive that if if that makes sense so um, I'm I'm trying to find um, I don't know it's, it's it's hard for it's harder for me to receive that kind of love because I haven't received that kind of love before. So I'm, I'm I hope I answered your question. I know it was terrible in terms of I didn't answer it properly the best way I could, but it's the first thing that came to my head. And 
feel like um yeah i feel like i'm feeling it all the time receiving all the time see we can see that on you and you are just uh the law of reciprocity is what comes to my mind where you just you just want to serve so much and in return you're getting served and it's just such a beautiful thing that you're doing and uh just so grateful to be able to um have the ability to have you share about what you're up to and what you're doing and it's just our way of serving is being able to get your message out there and, and supporting some more people so um i want to jump quickly into our giving round here which is just some rapid fire quick answer questions so are you are you ready for that one let's go break on one charity that you like one charity i like yeah i'm excited nice what would get more excited donating a one million dollar check or spending a week physically helping others physically helping others why oh, mate because for me I, um giving money isn't the same as connecting with people mm. nice that's great who inspires you with their giving man there's so many people like honestly there's so many people um but the first two people that came to my mind is uh seb lavois and sean taylor there's two men uh seb lavois retired rcmp uh sergeant major of e division he was a team leader on ert for a number of years sean taylor tier one operator plank holder jtf2 and both of them um saved my life and both of them um serve the collective without any expectation of getting anything in return and do you think that entrepreneurs should include a giving component to their business from day one or wait until they've seen a little bit of success and have some money in the bank account um i don't know i'm not a business person so for me to answer that it'd be kind of hard for me to answer because i don't know the dynamics of an individual who's creating a business the stressors all the things now um i think it's a good thing to give and i think any business that's giving back to the community will most definitely receive dividends from doing so but again i don't, I don't know how they should do it or, or what they should do that's a beautiful answer man just be of service to everyone and service will come to you yeah. um what's the first thing you think of when you hear go big to give big i guess what i'm doing and what you're doing man like you guys are like what you guys are doing is pretty legit too man and i think anybody who is going above and beyond um to serve in whichever capacity they can it's legit um in one word describe the feeling you get when you give love mm. love love that's great dude and the uh the final question that we have for you is uh in the context of using money to do good in this world do you believe that money can buy you happiness no how come because i'm happy where you go i have none living truth I, I can only speak for myself bro i got no money but i'm happy man <laughs> i love that I'm, I'm doing what i'm meant to do i'm living in my purpose and if, when when someone's doing that whatever they want will come just take time rome wasn't built in a day absolutely my friend that's amazing well, i want to give you one sec now just brag how can people find about you how do they learn about the run that you're going to do you know across canada things like that how can they uh how can they get in touch with you or, or learn about it Sure, I got a website, suchinmotion.ca. I have Instagram, such at in sorry, at such dot in dot motion. Um, my link tree is in my bio with all the sort of places to donate. 
have TikTok, I have YouTube. So I, I really um, will urge anybody who's listening to this, jump onto the YouTube and subscribe. We're trying to just develop as much as we possibly can. There will be this content I'm putting up there every few weeks. So really more than that. But um, I also want to share that what, what my fundraising effort is for this year. Um, in August, I'll be running 22 marathons consecutively in 22 days. I'll be running from Revelstoke, BC into the Bastion of Victoria, which will take um, yeah. 22 days. And while we're doing 22 days, well, 22 days highlights the number of suicides by veterans each day. And statistically, there's a, a study was done in the United States. So the number is actually a lot higher than that. <laughs> if you include uh, first responders and paramedic, like everyone of that nature. So yeah, what we're doing is trying to raise awareness because the BC's struggled massively over the last couple of years with the forest fires and a lot of firefighters have been rendered homeless and, and we want to be able to raise some light to that. So we're going to run you know, 22 days straight, like that, like marathons. I love that. That's awesome, dude. We'll be there to support you. Uh, I already said in your message saying we'll be in Victoria when you get there, dude opening arms and and welcome you in and encourage anyone to just go follow Satchman. He's the guy is just such an inspiration. He's doing such incredible things. Um and like you said, dude, you're just living in your purpose. You're not out here uh using the skills as an entrepreneur to go try and build businesses. You're using your skills as an athlete to go out there and raise awareness, raise money and just inspire more people to push themselves out of their comfort zones and do things that um, will inspire other people to go bigger around them, like you said, creating collective. So I absolutely love that, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, staying connected with you, man. This is all mine, man. Thank you guys so much for reaching out. And thank you for giving me time like to speak. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of Go Big to Get Big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can, and it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.